Today we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 2. Now last time we looked at Galatians chapter 1 where Paul had to assert that he was an apostle. He was called by Christ, he had been commissioned personally by him on the road to Damascus and he wasn't in this for himself. He was in this for God and he was a servant of Christ. The church in Galatia had been uh, persuaded to get back into salvation by works, by observing the law, adding to their salvation by rituals and routines. They had been encouraged not to listen to Paul's teaching at all or to even trust him. And at the end of the chapter, Paul appealed to the apostles and said that they accepted him. We see this uh, continued at the beginning of chapter two. In verse nine, we read, James, Peter and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognised the grace given to me. So the very men, the very people who had walked with Christ, eaten with him, seen him crucified and then saw him when he'd risen again, the first people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the boldness to preach the gospel, they recognised God's hand on Paul's life. They recognised his call and they saw him as their equal. So if they recognised what the apostles were saying, they should, the church in Galatia should accept what Paul is saying because he is the same as them. So the first question I'd like you to answer is, who are the people who support you in what God is calling you to do? So now that Paul has defended himself and he has uh, listed his credentials, he focuses on where they've gone wrong and he focuses in on the issue of them observing the law. And to illustrate this, he brings up an example of when he has had to challenge the Apostle Peter. Now, what could have happened to bring about Paul challenging Peter? Well, we read in verses 11 and 12. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Now, Peter had had a vision in Acts and through that vision, God had uh, told him that the gospel of salvation by faith would now be open to non-Jewish people. And we remember a Roman soldier and his family um, so Cornelius and his family had become believers and been filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter had gone back to the church in Jerusalem and told them, and he was now practising what he preached. He was eating and fellowshipping with Gentiles. But it seemed that a group of people who belonged to a circumcision group came along and uh, said that he should not be doing this anymore. 
in order to please them and not upset them. He had backed off from that group. He'd stopped eating with them. And he was now joining in that message of, well, actually, you need to be circumcised in order to really be a believer. You need to do this and you need to do that. And he was not practicing what he preached. He was being inconsistent. And Paul actually challenges him and says, you are a hypocrite because one you're saying one thing and now you're doing another. Very challenging. Paul must have been quite convinced and convicted to challenge Peter on that, one of the first apostles. And the man that Christ had said upon, you know, the man his church would be built and he is having to be challenged by Paul. And in effect, the church in Galatia have become hypocrites, becoming believers, but then going back and doing what they said they wouldn't do. And in order to please these Judaizers, as they're called in the Bible, they have gone back to observing the law and trying to add to their salvation by things like circumcision and following certain guidelines and rules. They're being inconsistent and they're about to actually forsake that priceless freedom that they had gained in Christ. They're about to place it aside and get back into slavery. Our next question is this. So recall a time to share with your group when you have been tempted to act inconsistently under pressure. How did you respond? Galatians chapter two finishes with some really deep quotes and phrases. Verses 15 and 16 say the following. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Paul reminds them again, you will not be justified and made right by getting into works of the law. It will make absolutely no difference. Do you know what, it's tempting, isn't it, to get into works? We might accept, yeah, I'm saved, I don't need to work for it. But how many times do we beat ourselves up for making a mistake? I do. How often do we set a level of perfection for ourselves in a task and then think, do you know what? I was no good there. I'm, I, I'm not acceptable. I certainly do. I know that when I come off the stage after playing the violin, I'm often beating myself up that it didn't sound like one of the professional violinists that I've watched. But God still chooses to use me and doesn't expect me to be excellent technically. He uses me and he uses my heart. But so often we just set this bar of, I've got to be right, I've got to say the right thing, I've got to do the right thing all the time. And we put that pressure on ourselves, but we're being told here that the grace of God covers that. Yes, we've got to do our best and not sin purposely. But if we're doing our best with the right attitude, we can know that our slip-ups will be covered by the Lord and nothing that we do will ever get us to that standard that we're trying to measure up to. The Galatians did not need to be circumcised 
to, in order to join a salvation group. The Gentiles did not need to join a club and do things in order to be right. Verses 20 and 21 say the following. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. That was actually verses 19 through to 21. Very strong words here. If actions and doing things in a certain way and a certain time and outward things could save us, then Jesus did not need to come and die for us. He did not need to come and be that ultimate sacrifice because the sacrifice system of the old covenant, the old testament would have worked and people would not have needed a savior. Time and again, as you read the old testament, you see mankind just slipping up time after time after time. We needed someone to die for us and for the Holy Spirit to come in and change us on the inside. But rituals on the outside are not going to do anything at all. We have now been crucified. The Holy Spirit has come in, is now changing us. And we have to be surrendered uh, to Christ and let him have the run of our hearts and run of our lives. And that is true salvation. It's a journey of walking with the Lord through everything and letting every situation uh, that we go through teach us how Christ would be in the situation. Where do we need to address something in our lives? Paul is saying he lives by God and for God by God in grace. Our final question is, what does living by faith mean to you? Join me next time for a look at Galatians chapter three. Have a great rest of your day.